Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC Least Show. The show about everything that's bad and ugly in the NFC East. The show where it's always... 2004 and they're still the redskins <laughs> uh, well, williams how you doing this week buddy <laughs> i'm doing good man it's good to be talking to you the the winds of change have blown through the united states since last week i'm feeling a breath of positivity for the first time in a while it feels good yeah i have a historical fun fact for you regarding that uh very idea but we'll get to that later i think i want to save it for now yeah please do <laughs> uh <laughs> I think it's pretty much safe to say that the NFC East was not the biggest story on anyone's mind in the past week. I wouldn't even say it's the biggest story in football in the past week. The biggest story in football is, uh, I mean, the Bucks slowly showing to start their urban decay as a result <laughs> of the gentrification of Tom Brady. <laughs> it's about that time of year. <laughs> but we're here to talk about the NFC East. I guess, uh, I guess there's no better place to start than... Let's start with Cowboys Steelers since uh Giants Washington was a you know a divisional game. So I think I think we can yeah. get to that second. So Cowboys yeah. Steelers, Cowboys improved, uh at least from where they were against the Eagles. They gave the Steelers a game until the fourth quarter. It took a you know, a close to two minute drive from Big Ben to, you know, ice it for the Steelers, but the Steelers did leave Dallas with the W, which is what we both thought last week. I guess the big question is, is, uh, you know, does this really tell us anything about the Cowboys moving forward? We were talking about maybe crossing them off last week. Uh, do we take anything from this or like, what's your take, man? Yeah, I think we can take small things from it while the big picture remains the same. Uh, the Cowboys, we wrote them off last week. I think we officially kind of, shoveled dirt on the grave but that was the ben dinucci days that was a different time yeah we're, uh, we're in garrett gilbert territory now yeah, it's, it's a new era <laughs> it's gilbert season um <laughs> and he looks good enough to win some ugly games and keep them in stuff and that might be enough to get them on the fringe of back in the hunt i don't want to i don't want to bring them all the way back in after pushing them off last week. But I do think they've shown more in that game than they have ever since Dak Prescott went down. I, I think that's fair. Um, my feeling kind of digesting this game is I think Garrett Gilbert showed you what like a game manager type quarterback can get out of that Cowboys offense, which is just it methodically kind of, scoring points on more drives than they're not scoring points, even if they're not touchdowns. Yeah. 19 points is still not the kind of output we were seeing uh, with Dak Prescott. So I, I can't say the Cowboys offense is back, you know, um, but definitely, I mean, 19 points can win you football games with a good defense. I, I think where I kind of still lie with the Cowboys is that defense to me is still pretty bad. And I don't think that holding the Steelers to 22 
says a lot about how well they were playing. Um, it says a lot about the plays the Steelers probably left on the field more than anything, which I know kind of validates your paper tiger take from what a week or two ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we need to get to that. I think I've had two takes so far. The first one is the Steelers are a paper tiger, and that looks more and more true by the hour. Um, <laughs> by the hour? Yeah. <laughs> like right now? <laughs> by, by, by midday Thursday, they'll be even more papery than they are right now for reasons I cannot disclose at this time. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 and my other take was uh, that special teams is bad because of penalties. And I think that was justified as well. The best play in the game was this brilliant little Cowboys design where they threw it all the way across the field and then almost scored a touchdown on a punt return. Um, and then it was called back for a, a legal block in the back. And it's just one of those moments where it's like, why are we going through this whole, it's like kabuki theater at this point. It's dramatic, but it means nothing in the end. Um, so I feel good about where I'm at. Uh, and I think <laughs> you feel good to, about being right about two things you said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've been right about so little that I'm going to literally <laughs> like ring the alarm for every single one. I'm, I, I do All right. Well, I guess now I need to find an alarm sound effect whenever you're freaking right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like <laughs> little, pod. Yeah. Some sort of daily double jeopardy, you know, something. All right. Like as long as I can play it from when I'm right too. Cause I've been right over no, the past couple no, weeks. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, it's just for you. Just you're, your... you're right. You're right too often. It, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> but um, the final thing I want to say about the Cowboys defense is I do think, yes, they're bad, but they're not catastrophically bad. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Leighton Van Der Esch return. He helps clog up those running lanes a little bit and, while the Cowboys can still be beaten off the top, and I think the Steelers missed some throws deep, um, it, every little bit helps there, and, and they look at least just plain out, flat out bad rather than nightmarish. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fair take to say that Leighton Van Der Esch has elevated that defensive bit. You know, my Eagles fan uh, perspective on things is I don't really value the linebacker position. <laughs> You're talking to a Giants fan, man. I mean... <laughs> um, so I, I don't think that a stud linebacker really puts an entire defense over the top. You're still going to get killed on passing downs if a quarterback can hit a deep, if he can't generate a good pass rush. So, I mean, I, you know, sample size of one game, I don't think is enough to turn me on the Cowboys defense, especially when, I do think a lot of it was Ben not hitting uh, certain opportunities he had consistently throughout the game. Um, but I, I do think that your take about him helping out the run game is fair. Steelers really couldn't get anything going um, in the run game. Uh, you know, whereas I think the Cowboys had a little bit more success there. Uh, I'm interested to talk a little bit about what you think of the Cowboys run game. Uh, because... <laughs> Zeke Elliott, I think you can make a pretty fair case that Pollard is probably outperforming him right now. <laughs> I don't think it's even close. Like, <laughs> I think Ezekiel Elliott looks like, so his profile on paper is really hard-nosed, going to get the extra yards, just consistent four or five-yard type grinder, right? 
in this whole year, he's looked like scared or traumatized of hitting the hole. He gets tripped up on like arm tackles and stuff. He looks really, really bad. And suddenly they'll put Tony Pollard in the game and he'll just shred yards. He'll make this O-line look great. Um, for reference, by the way, Zeke is averaging 3.8 yards a carry. Tony Pollard's at 4.4. I mean, that's a difference between one of the league's worst running attacks and a pretty reliable one. Um, and over the course of the season, that kind of thing adds up. So that plus Zeke's fumbling problems, they got to figure They got to get him to like a hypnotist or something. Something weird is happening there. Um, and they need, they need a solution. Some sort of crystal it. healer, some sort of spiritual guru of some kind. Maybe all of the above. If we can get all of this. <laughs> is, ben, is Ben McAdoo available? Can we get him? <laughs> He's got to have these qualifications. Yeah. Uh, I, I know. Like, I mean, we, we don't make... We don't make uh we don't make it a secret that I'm an Eagles fan and you're a Giants fan. So this may seem like Cowboys hating, but I want to make sure that if there's any Cowboys listeners listening to this, we're honestly trying to help you out. Go start a GoFundMe. <laughs> Connect Zeke Elliott to a to a Reiki healer and let's see if we can get his mind right. Cause he's like if you're not gonna get production out of your quarterback position, you need it from your Bell Cal running back to be in any way competitive and maybe win the coveted uh six and ten first place playoff yeah. spot in this division, right? <laughs> exactly. And I think I think a big part of it is it's not like they're gonna sit Zeke for Pollard no matter how poorly Zeke does. They just have too much invested in him as a player. So like he's gonna get the ball fifteen times a game no matter what. And he really just needs to look better than he does. And if there are any Cowboys fans listening to this podcast, um I can't imagine it'll be a lot. It's got to be a better podcast for you. (laughs) Yeah, stop. Um, (laughs) Why would you do this? I don't think we said one really like nice thing about the Cowboys in three weeks now, and we're not going to. It's not going to change. This. To be fair, we don't say anything nice about even the teams we like on this pod. That's kind of the conceit, but we are probably a little bit harsher on the teams we don't like. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean. I think I think the point you make is very astute that uh you know you have a clear black and white comparison there's two different running backs running behind the same offensive line and one you know is very much that kind of like Alfred Morris kind of sure. zone like hits hits his own read hard and just sort of knifes through and either he's going to get 0 or 10 but it's not going to be for lack of effort and him just lowering his shoulders type yeah. of runner right and then there's Zeke who you would think definitely has the building athleticism to fill that role on top of maybe improvising when the hole isn't there, but he's jittery. He's not hitting anything hard right now, you know? Um, And it's really showing in comparison to Tony Pollard. Yeah. I think the eye test says more than any stack could. Um, And that's it's, if they want to win this trash heap of a division, he's got to figure it out on this bye week Yeah. Speaking of this trash heap of a division, yeah. let's uh, let's talk about Giants Washington a bit. Um, yeah. Two potential first place teams in this division. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I wrote in our in our show notes uh, the Giants continue to look good in quotation marks. I think that's a yeah. very good way of framing their performances. They don't. I, I, my personal take about the Giants is I think they're they're playing effortfully right now in a way that I don't think a lot of other teams in the NFC East are playing. 
It's just yeah. you're also then see their weaknesses pretty glaringly and why they're not a good team, right? But yep. they're winning games now that you would expect a team performing at a ceiling like the Giants should win, including against this Washington team, which you were pretty pessimistic on against the W. I called the W last week. But yeah. I mean, what did you watch this game? <laughs> I was uh I was in and out on red zone and you know, kind of digest it. What did you see watching all three hours, four hours of this affair? Uh, I, I think, I think you're right. I think the Giants are playing really hard. They know what their game plan is. They don't make mistakes really besides what Daniel Jones is capable of. Um, but their talent level is limited. So they're executing and they're in every game now, even the games that they're losing to decent teams, but it's hard to see unless they can figure out the offensive identity it's hard to see them taking the next step. Now, in this division, they might not need to take a next step. They might be able to kind of scuffle along with this, you know, decent to good defense and subpar offense, and that might carry them over the hump. But um, the run game is coming together. Uh, they've had some kind of shifts in the O-line recently that look like they've been helping out. So... They look like a team that's slowly figuring it out, and I do expect the second half of the season to look better on paper than the first half. I think that's fair, uh, and I think one theme, just as I you know look at this division, maybe it's just because of how bad each of these teams are in in multiple different position groups, but it really does feel like the. The, the team with the best quarterback play over 16 games will win the division, right? And that seems to be the X factor across all these teams. Um, I, I We've talked at length last week about Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. Yep. I think maybe it's worth talking a bit about uh, the Cowboys in Washington and where their quarterback situation is. Because I think when we, like we're saying with the Cowboys, like, Garrett Gilbert at least being serviceable over Danucci elevated that team to a certain extent, but they still have flaws. Dalton's probably going to come back. And then we also have another like, you know, rotating cast of quarterbacks in Washington. Dwayne Haskins gets benched. Uh, Kyle Allen comes in. Kyle Allen gets his leg broken <laughs> again. Two broken legs. I know. <laughs> um, and then Alex Smith comes in who broke his leg last year. Um, another broken leg and Dak Prescott, this division's got just (laughs) cannot keep its legs together. But like it, who do you think has it worse right now? The Cowboys or the Washington? Like, I guess to put it, to put it another way, which team's quarterback situation is holding them back more, right? Like could Washington be two or three more wins better than what they are um, with a better quarterback? Or is that more in the Cowboys camp? I So I think the Cowboys are in the worst situation because I still don't know exactly what you're going to get out of Gilbert on a week-by-week basis. The variance is higher, and I think there's more struggle to game plan around that. Whereas Alex Smith, he I know he's coming back from a gruesome injury, um, but I think the Washington football team knows what they have with him. Um, they can kind of scheme. They have some pieces on offense to make it work. And really, he's no 
no different schematically than a Kyle Allen type of guy. Um, so I think they have to feel pretty good about their situation, all things considered. It sounds like Dwayne Haskins is really deep in the doghouse there and may never see the field under Rivera. So, um, But all things considered, I mean, if you are on your third-string quarterback and that quarterback is Alex Smith, you have to feel pretty good at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on Alex Smith. Let's hear it. <laughs> Um, I, to his credit, he did bring Washington back into that game. Uh, but he also cost Washington the game, two straight picks win the last four minutes of the game, um, in a winnable game for them. Right. Um, I just don't, I don't trust him. You know, I don't know. Like, I, it's a combination of the of the kind of porcelain nature of him just coming back from such a gruesome injury, right? Yeah. Um, it's decision making. He's never really been a picks guy. Like, part of what made him good in Kansas City was he took care of the ball well. You know, yeah, very um, You know, and that that just kind of frightened me a bit that he's coming back from this gruesome injury is showing a lot of errors in decision-making he's not typically known for. I think there's a reason why Kyle Allen got the nod first. And also he's not a long-term solution there, you know? Um, at least the Cowboys debate what you want, whether Dak Prescott's worth the contract. They have optionality going into next year, right? Um, Washington's pretty much banking on getting a high draft pick at this point. Gotta be, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I hear where you're, where you're coming from. I don't think either situation is very enviable. Uh, but I do think, I, th I think we'll learn more about Alex Smith through Washington's next game. Um, I do think the Giants' defense is low-key, as the year goes on, better and better about being disruptive and throwing different looks out there that are confusing quarterbacks. And Smith had to be in a position that he's not comfortable with which is having to claw back a big deficit they were down like 17 points at the half and so forcing him to throw deep and forcing him to take risks not really his style of game I think if he comes in at the outset and they kind of know that they're just going to grind it out trust their good pass defense to keep them in it maybe things look different but um time will tell we'll ring the bell for whoever's right next week we will and I think I think maybe over the next week or two we'll be able to cross off one of these two teams as well. Well, yes. we already crossed off the Cowboys, but I think Washington yeah, we, we and can't uncross New York are to probably next. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, we'll get to this in Eagles Giants, but uh, I, as much as as much as I've been on the uh, the execution train for Joe Judge and Giants playing effortfully over the past two or three weeks, if they can't beat this Eagles team coming off a of bye, I can't. I can't in good conscience support them for six and 10 division winner anymore. So uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. I just want to say before we, we jump into previews, um, God, who doesn't love a Kenny Albert 1 PM Sunday, Fox NFC East sun coming over the, uh, the Ridge there in Landover, Maryland. It was, it was a good, it was good to watch. Brought me back to my, brought me back to 2004. You know, the only thing that was missing was a uh, goose and moose. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, the only good time in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I had no idea it's been like three years since that Fox commentating team, the NFC special of Kenny Moose and Goose, have been broken up. I had no yeah. idea. It is. You, you don't. Moose was one of those guys who you notice when he's in the booth, but you don't think about when he's not there. <laughs> exactly. Just, that type of guy. Uh Goose, on the other hand, I just died or something. I don't know what happened. Like, I I just assumed like that, like he was like, I don't know, like had mob connections or something. Like, <laughs> didn't want to look too far into that. Uh, that concludes this week's episodes of Kenny Moose and Goose Talk. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's let's preview next week. Cowboys on a buy. Uh, I know I flubbed last week saying. Uh, Eagles are the last team on the division on the bye. Cowboys are coming up next, and I think the Giants are the last team on a bye. Um, but we're treated to two different NFC East games this week. Uh, we got Eagles-Giants, another divisional game. It's going to be, I, I think that's going to be the biggest game of the year uh, for both of these teams. Uh, and then we got Washington playing the Lions. Uh, I guess I want to focus a lot on Eagles-Giants since they are our teams, and I, I do think that this will have first place ramifications Player ramifications. uh yeah i mean world we live in yeah <laughs> um again you gotta like the giants improving the eagles are just such a question mark coming off of this buy i don't like it's really how you feel about their ability to improve over not playing in a week um that will determine who you think will win this game I truly think that on on a on a pure what was last put on tape by one of these teams basis, you have to like the Giants at home better than the Eagles. But there's the X factor of two weeks of rest, two weeks of coaching, uh, getting some additional players back. Miles Sanders is back. Potentially Alshon Jeffrey is back. That could on paper just outmuscle anything this Giants team can throw at the Eagles. Um, how, how are you feeling about this game? I believe the Giants will win. I think they'll win. I think the pass rush is only getting better, especially up the interior. The Eagles still have some question marks there. Um, the secondary looks good. It becomes a question to me of can... Jim Schwartz bait Daniel Jones into bad decisions, which is very doable. But I'm, I'm predicting a 30 to 27 Giants win on a last second Graham Gano field goal, 55 plus yards, heartbreaker, just like what the Eagles did to the Giants a couple of years ago. Um, I am so ready for this game. I need this game so, so badly. Uh, I really can't put it into words. And I have a trivia question for you, Sean. The last time the I guess it's not a question. I'll, I'll just put it as a statement. The Giants have not beaten the Eagles since November 6th, 2016, which was I know. two days before <laughs> Donald Trump was elected president. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Think about how long ago that was. Are you so, are you trying to spin some sort of like Trump yes, administration hex? Yes, I'm not trying. Theory. I'm not trying. <laughs> 
This is obvious to me. The Trump administration Man, has been. Has that is been. so. That is so funny that you're bringing that game up because I watched highlights from that game earlier today. <laughs> um, it's shocking how similar the uh, the post Carson Wentz like Wentz wagon hype Eagles like that mid season 2016 team looks yeah. like the Eagles we've seen so far in 2020. Um, just like you see, you see fits and spurts of the talent they have out there performing at a high level, but they just can't put it all together across four quarters. Um, you know, I, I gotta be honest. I think I'm with you. I think this, the giants win this game. The only thing that, uh, that I think would cause me to believe that the Eagles could win is if they come out the gates showing stuff that we haven't seen from them before. Um, like you're buying into the post by week, you know, retooling the playbook, trying to tailor things a bit to what Carson has actually done well, integrating, you know, maybe expanding what Jalen Rager does, uh, getting Miles Sanders seamlessly back into things. Maybe Alshon plays, maybe he is a, you know, more of a red zone threat than we've had in recent games like you're betting on the potential of all these things and as an eagles fan i can't in good conscience actually get hyped about potential um and just based on where we last saw this team against a much worse cowboys team i don't know how they walk into uh the new meadowlands and leave with a w this week um i i think it's going to be more like a 27 20 Giants win, um, and it, era, baby. yeah, and I, I really think it's, I, I, I appreciate your, uh, your last second field goal, but I really think it's more like a. Eagles are frustrating through four quarters, uh, maybe string a drive together, but fall a drive short type game. Right. Okay. Um, uh, which pains me to say, honestly, because uh, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> can't believe i'm predicting that to myself why 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 you know what it's a it's some uh it's some memento mori uh you know if i meditate on death long enough then death won't feel as bad you know <laughs> uh if the giants lose this sunday i will meditate on death for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, uh We'll, we'll close a bit talking about a bit about Washington and uh, the Lions. Uh, Lions, I honestly like am only partially aware of them so far this yeah. year. So I don't yeah. really think I can give an accurate take about how good or bad they are. I'm just going to assume they're like the Lions that I expect, which is <laughs> somewhat explosive on offense, pretty pedestrian on defense. Matt Patricia can't actually put a complete product out there. They'll win some games where you think they're going to maybe break out, but then they'll lose other games. You're just like, no, this team's bad. sounds a lot like Washington to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, should be a fun game. Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout on either way, but I, I really can't tell you which way I instinctually would think this game falls. Maybe I'm bet if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet more on Matt Stafford than I'm going to bet on Alex Smith. And I think that's really the only thing I can really think of in this game. Yeah, I think if I'm being honest with myself, I've thought about Detroit maybe two or three times this whole 2020. It's it's 
very infrequent. I have no idea what they're doing there. We are not a podcast about the NFC North, so <laughs> and we will never be at a podcast about the NFC North ever. Let me be clear. Maybe we should have like should we like start a random feud with a random like just like really hate on one random division fairly unaffiliated with us. I, I if we do it actually can't be the NFC North because I need to I need to have full stakes in my arsenal that are that are on it stand on their own. <laughs> it, might, it might have to be the NFC West. Because of the, no, because of the no, I've already got a McVay thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it, I, I think if we're gonna uh, you know actually I think it has to be the AFC South, and I think yeah. we can get away with it now that Bob is gone. <laughs> you know, he was holding us back from. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much going on in the South that we could Philip Rivers. Uh, yeah, there's there's some juicy stuff there. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll pick I'll pick the Lions. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna take. Um, I think I'm not gonna take Washington in the spirit of keeping the division interesting. I do think a Washington loss writes them off. I think they're just out of it at. If they fall to uh, two and seven, which is ironic because that's where the Giants are, but I just think their momentum will be going in the wrong direction. Um, kind of a must-win game, and I do think they have the guys to maybe get it done. We'll have to see. Do you have a? I didn't throw a score out. I mean, I, I I'll say twenty-four seventeen Lions. What do you think? Uh, that's a really good score. I actually think. I'll, I'll go big on Washington. I'll go 23-10 Washington. Ooh. I think the defense is going to step up in a big way. Ooh. You know, I actually don't think that's a – I can see that happening. I can see that Washington defensive line generating some pressure there. Yeah, some forced fumbles, strip sacks, you know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take around the league. Uh, yeah. Do you want to kick this off? <laughs> Oh yeah, this week? I got I got a rich one. I watched Monday Night Football, which is one of the worst ways to spend a Monday night that people have invented yet. It's not <laughs> fun. Um, I don't even like it when good teams are playing. To be honest, no, it hasn't been fun since Tony Kornheiser did it. Yeah, <laughs> that was golden age. <laughs> yeah, when they when they made it like when they made Sunday night football, the Monday night package and like yeah. did like all the blowout stuff. Like it made Monday night, not fun. This just feels like a, like a cover band at this point. <laughs> I agree. They, they haven't found a good true broadcasting combo in forever. This is weirdly not my take. So I should get to my I was going to say we're workshopping a heater of a Monday night football take <laughs> in, in real time. It's not a good idea. What you want to say. Um, <laughs> It's 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 time for the league to intervene with the Jets. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia, so somewhat confusingly, I am a Sixers fan. I I know what it's like to watch a team tank shamelessly, and the New York Jets put on a beautiful display of tanking on Monday. I mean, they had all the stops. They had twelve men on the field on fourth down in their own territory. Like, <laughs> All sorts of just catastrophic <laughs> mishaps. They haven't fired Adam Gase yet. The league—that's <laughs> incredible. The league needs to intervene with the Jets. They need to take this team over, sell it to uh, Cohen, the guy who's buying the Mets. Just get them all under one umbrella and be done with it. Stop with this nonsense. It's a farce. <laughs> 
wasn't there a uh, wasn't there a news story that the players were getting mad that uh they had cameras that they were unaware of all around their practice facility in Florham Park? Yeah, I actually week? haven't I haven't looked into that, but it <laughs> it sounded insane. It almost was one of those things that was like so weird. I was like, I don't have time to go down this rabbit hole. No, I mean, I mean, to your to your point though, like that is the first kind of move in a in a hostile league takeover mm. right is like generating some negative press that undermines the current establishment enough to you know give them uh just cause to perform a coup you know I, that's actually really i think you nailed that i think roger <laughs> installed these cameras himself <laughs> goodell was in there <laughs> wiring up the uh the uh the nest home security cameras yeah. <laughs> he gets paid like 50 million dollars a year he's got to have some you know some hard skills man yeah and you know as a sixers fan too like i i am all for uh some eye for an eye level justice if adam silver is going to come in and oust sam hinky then we need equal treatment for other teams and other leagues doing yes. the same sort of things, right? <laughs> yeah. The precedent has been set. Yeah, completely unrelated, but it's there, so. Yeah, exactly. And Goodell, it would be irresponsible for Goodell not to intervene at this point. He's intervened on so many other things. I'm yeah. like, this one is at least fun. People would support this. Do Just we do think it. Do we think the Jets are an honorary member of the NFC East? I think they always have been. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I know when the Cardinals were in the NFC East, if you remember that. Like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> that was that was during the only era that this podcast. Works <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like those one PM games uh, with Bobby Hoying lining up against uh, Jake the Snake Plumber. Oh, and... <laughs> Jake Plumber, dude. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the Jets are certainly a member of the NFC East. Really, the only thing I can say against that is they might be too bad <laughs> at least when i see east teams are like, like they've all won two games now there's some modicum of like decency it's not this shameless like borderline perverted masochism that's like oh god we're the worst football team of all time i just it's unwatchable it is unwatchable and honestly like it is one of the only reasons why i find joy in nfc east games is knowing that i they're at least trying you know yeah um there's some shred of dignity there's some sort of propriety i think all these teams feel to their markets their high priced markets the prime time slots they all get like they they do get up and play and they honestly are treating this like it is a race for first place in a way the jets just seem to have no respect for either their (laughs) fans the division the sport or themselves you know (laughs) i think we should on that we should move on to your take yeah i gotta bring this take on the pod and you know exactly what i'm gonna say you you know what i'm gonna say the giants were wrong to flip eli manning for philip rivers (laughs) this is what you're gonna do to me I got to bring this into the pod sphere. We already kind of mentioned B.O.B. earlier, Bill O'Brien, without giving any context to our backstory there. I got to bring this into the pod world. I have stood by a take that the Giants would have won as many, if not more, Super Bowls with Phillip Rivers in that market, and he'd still be playing football for them to this day. He is a better football player than Eli Manning. He is a more explosive football player than Eli Manning. The Giants handicapped themselves by choosing Eli Manning 
over Philip Rivers. And they gave up more assets to do it. It's ridiculous. It is the worst decision made in New York sports history. This is, first of all, that's egregious. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew it while you said it. <laughs> um, second of all, I, I stand by it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't go down. We can't make this a three-hour podcast. Like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's human limits to this kind of thing. All I'll say is that uh, in 2011, the year the Giants won their second Super Bowl under Eli, Eli commandeered something like eight come-from-behind victories while he had the worst rushing attack in the NFL and the 27th-ranked defense. Yes, that defense came together in the playoffs, but there's no way Phillip Rivers sniffs nine and seven it's not close dude is the definition of unclutch i'm getting too heated i if philip rivers would rank would had okay here we go. <laughs> if philip rivers would have won a ring he would have done it in the 18 years he's already had in the league in good teams on balmy san diego weather where he needs he needs the he needs the pressure cooker of an actual wedding market this has been my take the whole time put him in new york that that molds champions i think that's the only reason why eli manning won too eli Eli manning Manning in san diego is worse than philip rivers but he's yes that's true that's true but i think philip rivers is worse than eli manning in new york eli manning is the definition of like stupid clutch he just and rivers has never rivers has never made a super bowl he's never even gotten there in 18 years i mean at what point do you say we've seen what we've seen we know what this guy is he has limited upside when good teams have a chance to game plan against him i think he's been hard done by bad management and bad markets nope sorry you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) does he all right all things equal Philip Rivers instead of Daniel Jones. How many more games have the Giants won so far this year? Um, probably one and a half. I think that's I fair. Think it's probably they definitely win the Bucks game. I think all <laughs> they anybody, did. <clears throat> anybody who's not Daniel Jones at quarterback, the Giants win the Bucks game. Did you see that uh, the Colts yanked Philip Rivers for a hail mary because he didn't have the arm strength? Yeah, it was like a forty-yard hail mary that they put Jacoby Brissett in for for one snap. <laughs> This is the real Philip Rivers play, is he's a pity monger. He loves, he absorbs pity like a plant absorbs sunlight. He's just drawn to it. And this is why he's let off the hook. He's a decent quarterback who people love because he's never actually a threat. Are you okay? So happy I brought this into the pod. (laughs) Uh, I'm so mad and it's nine o'clock. Like, where am I going to take this anger? Uh, save it bottle it up we're gonna meet again next week man (laughs) (laughs) i can't i honestly i i don't know what to say to you right now i can't believe you've done it (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks for joining again this week till next week man it's been a lot of fun uh fuck fellow purpose (laughs) bye